If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. They could actually have the band appear in their space. You can actually create videos together with the band. What's amazing about this technology, we really see that as the future of content. What if you could have your all-time favorite performer or performers show up as a 3D hologram anywhere you were? Or what if you could share stories and information in 3D? or even capture holographic memories and preserve them, featuring someone who had lived the history. That may sound like science fiction, but it's actually Tedavi, an Israel-based computer software company with the mission of perfecting volumetric video capture for immersive media. And the exciting part, for Tedavi, founded in 2016, these capabilities are just the beginning. Rowie Lev is the Director of Business Development at Tedavi. Rowie, before we get started talking about this amazing technology, Tedavi, you introduce yourself by saying, I design the future. How did that first become your passion? <laughs> so my passion always lied in this combination of building technologies and telling stories. Uh, originally, I found those intersecting in making films. I made films, I started making films when I was pretty young. Started working as a video editor at the age of 14. And at some point, I started thinking about holograms. And that's what eventually led me to move to New York and to start creating VR and AR. And it was relatively the early days of this medium. So it's really, you know, the early days of, of Oculus. And I moved to New York and I started creating. And that's also how I, I was introduced to Tedami. I was producing a documentary in VR, a VR documentary. And I was looking for a technology that can help us, that can help the team realize the project. And I heard about Tetavi, which, you know, was still in a relatively, in its early days, it was really a bunch of great engineers uh, that had a great technology in R&D. And we started working together on realizing this film. And I fell in love, I fell in love with the technology I fell in love with the people. So I ended up joining the company. If people saw this technology, they would probably fall in love with it too, because if I understand correctly, and perhaps you'll correct me if I'm mistaken here, because I haven't actually seen it on site, but this is 360 video holograms. You can put this any place. It's germane to any kind of device and you don't need a green screen. Do I have all of that correct? Correct, yes. I'll start maybe with the high level. So what we basically do is we provide a way to upload people to the metaverse and to actually 
offload not only people, people and moments in time. And we do that by creating immersive, interactive videos or volumes, the way we call them, which are eventually representations of people that live in a special world in 3D space. What are some of the coolest applications that you've had a chance to do with the people and the different spaces since you joined Tedeby? So what's amazing about this technology, we really see that as the future of content, you know, with all of the changes that we see in the ecosystem in our world, a lot of things are changing. And I believe, you know, these times are very, very exciting. And we see a lot of technologies evolving and all of these new technologies have a lot of interesting impacts on our society starting from presentation devices, you know, AR and VR glasses that we keep seeing being more and more mainstream, connectivity, and 5G, which eventually allows us to connect and interact with other people on a whole new level. We have the process of decentralization that is based on blockchain and specifically NFTs that really changed the way we perceive ownership in this digital world. And content eventually, you know, needs to adapt, needs to find new ways to live in this new world. So this technology really lies in, it is the foundation of a lot of current industries. We have partners that use these technologies for film. We work with film studios, with VFX houses, that use it for creating films. We work with gaming companies that use these technologies for creating games. One particular project that actually took place about a year ago when the pandemic started, I think really demonstrated the value of this technology. We worked with the president of Israel and weren't able to visit once a year and the Israeli Independence Day, the president usually opens his residences to people in Israel. So because of the pandemic, he couldn't do it last year. So he actually used this technology to go and visit people in their own homes, in their own living rooms. Wow. What are some of the creative challenges that a project like that presents to you as a filmmaker? You've got the president of Israel. Now you're going to shoot him in 360 and create a hologram with them? What do you have to keep in mind as a creative person? Mm, it's a great question. First of all, I think that was a very surreal experience. You know, it was the early days of the pandemic and I was sitting in my home in New York, giving directions to the president of Israel in Israel. So we had, yeah, we managed this production. We had people logging in from LA and from New York and from Israel as well. So it was quite interesting. But really, I think one of the interesting ways to look at this new form of media is that it really provides us with new tools to work and eventually manipulate time and space. 
So not only that you think about editing and these tools that we used to have with film, today you can actually think about where in space should this content live. It's film today, but the slogan that you have is something like your life in 3D. As we look ahead with Tedavi, what are some of the different ways that you want it to be a part of life in, let's say, work, education, and maybe just leisure time? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I think we are working very hard on really creating this technology more and more accessible. The way this technology works, basically, is that we trained machines, AI, to learn how to really create this content, how to really create 3D content. And since this is based on AI, I think one of the exciting aspects of it is that this technology keeps improving by itself as we move forward, it keeps evolving. You can think of it as a network of networks. We have different networks and each network has a very specific task that you know, it deals with. There's a network that really learns faces and knows how to work with faces. There is a network that knows how to really detect your motion, your movements. And these networks keep getting better and better as they see more and more use cases, but they also require less and less information in order to operate and in order to produce accurate results. So this technology, as we move forward, is getting better in quality, but really more accessible and less dependent on hardware. So eventually, we see this technology advancing in a direction where it's becoming more and more accessible to anybody. When you say more and more accessible, if we were to put a timeline on that, when might I, for example, be able to use this to perhaps capture what we're doing right now? Eventually, I see it as part of this evolution of the entire ecosystem. There's a lot of things that are happening all at once. You do need the connectivity and you do need these presentation devices and these cameras and other sensors that we have on our phones or you know, on future devices to be able to work with this footage and really present it in, in ways that make sense. I really see that as, as a transition or as an evolution rather than a, something that will happen in just one day. But I believe that this future is not, you know, to a lot of people, it seems like science fiction, but it's not, it's already here. This technology already, you know, is completely operative and accessible to a lot of people. And as we move forward, it keeps getting more and more. So really talking about, I think the next couple of years would be very dramatic for all of these transitions. What are some of the coolest projects you're getting to work on right now that you can A, tell me about, and B, that people will get a chance to experience? Honestly, I'm pretty limited with what I can say about the projects we're working on at the moment. I can tell you about project we recently did in Japan, together with one of the major J-pop bands in Japan that eventually allowed any person that wanted to, any person basically that wanted to log in and, and experience it, interact 
and engage with these bands on a totally different level. In the past, these technologies used to require, you know, in the beginning, very specific devices and then really download apps. Now we got to a point where you don't need to do anything. All you have to do, you know, is just press a link or tap a link and you have somebody appearing, you know, wherever you want. When you say log in and engage with the band, what could they do? They could actually have the band appear in their space. So you can actually take pictures with it. You can actually create videos together with the band so to actually feel like you are with the band. So the sense of presence here is a very important aspect of this technology. I think that with everything that's going on with this entire evolution, uh, the sense of presence is a very important part of these new ways we interact with content and with other people. You made a statement recently in a panel in which you participated that this is our chance to reimagine, I believe you said, social media platforms and also technology, aspects of technology with which we're not very happy right now. What are some of the ways you would like Tedavi to do that? I think the way we perceive content is dramatically changing. I think we, the way we perceive ownership is dramatically changing. I think the power now is really given to the people. I think that instead of keep going in the direction of really centralizing the content and our digital identities in big organizations, we now get to a point, and we are in a very interesting transition, where we own our data, we own our content, and we are able to share it the way we want to share it. We are able to monetize it the way we want to monetize it. So I'm really excited about Tedavi's contribution to you know, this entire revolution, really. This is an exciting time. Let's do a total shameless plug. How can people listening get involved with Tedavi and find out more about it if they want? And will they be able to hear you speak anywhere in the future, let's say within the next month or so? So first of all, people can reach out through our website, tedavi.com. And, you know, there's really a lot of things that are going on at the moment. So pretty soon we will be announcing more and more ways in which people can interact with Tedavi, really in different ways. So definitely stay tuned. I don't want to put you on the spot here. I was interested to see that you were working with one of my absolute favorite companies in the world, Unity Technologies, creators of a lot of cool VR stuff. Can you tell me a little about what was going on there? Of course. We're really excited about our work with Unity. Really, when you look at everything that's going on, I think game engine and new authoring tools are a very important part of this transition. We really see the worlds of gaming and other forms of entertainment and media and interaction are intersecting and really getting together to a very interesting point that really changes the way we create these interactions. So we see Unity as really 
one of these foundations that allow people to create this content for this new world, for everything that's going on. And we work together very closely on really evolving this ecosystem and really developing solutions that are becoming more and more easier to use, more and more accessible to more and more people to be able to work with this content, to be able to create with this content. It struck me looking over your information that what an interesting time for you to get involved with Tedavi, six months before the pandemic hits. You've mentioned working with the president of Israel, but what is one other story you might tell your grandkids 50 years from now about the pivoting and the changing you had to do at Tedavi due to the pandemic? Hmm. I think the pandemic really changed the way we perceive interactions. You know, eventually I keep going to interaction because I do think that it's a lot of it is about an interaction with other people. We used to really have a lot of interactions, a lot of physical interactions with people, which is something that dramatically changed in the past two years. And I see how obviously that's going to evolve, but I don't think you can rewind everything that happened. And then that led all of us, I think, to think of new ways to create these meaningful interactions. And that eventually brings me back to this sense of presence. You know, having these Zoom calls is a great solution. Uh, it helped us, you know, really to still operate in the past couple of years. But eventually, we do feel that these interactions and this sense of presence needs to move forward if we want to find new ways to have these meaningful interactions. Sense of presence is key, really, because there's an element of warmth in face-to-face that you just don't get if you're going to be doing a Zoom call. And it's probably something you have to think about quite a lot when you have AI-generated digital human beings. How do we keep the sense of warmth when what we have to do is create them digitally through Tedavi? So Tedavi is really focused on the authenticity of these volumes. Eventually, it's not about creating fake content. It's not about creating avatars. It's really about taking real moments, real people, and having this transition into this spatial world. So eventually we see that as a very meaningful and important part of what we do. In fact, meaningful and important could certainly be the description of something you did recently. I was looking at this on your Facebook page. You partnered with, I believe, the Never Again Project. Would you tell me about this, please? Of course, yes. The Never Again Project is a very interesting and very important project. It's a project that allows us to preserve the stories from a generation that really is pretty open now. People who experienced World War II and the Holocaust specifically. And really using these technologies, we can preserve these capsules, we can preserve these memories and be able to keep experiencing them in the future. This could be invaluable for, for example, even grandparents today in a family 
wanting to preserve something for their grandkids 20 years from today when they'll not be here. This is amazing. Of course. What do you consider one of the best creative lessons you've learned as a filmmaker and storyteller from your time with Tedavi so far? You know, I learned that the future is really ours to create. I think we have a lot of responsibility towards where things are heading. I see a lot of technologies that, that feel a bit, you know, frightening and distant. And I think it's up to us really to create this kind of world that we want to live in, that we want our children to live in. So eventually it's really about thinking about the things you do and about the implications of the things you do and really, you know, keep creating and keep experimenting. Looking forward at the future that you really would like to create as you design it, what would you like it to look like five years from today with Tedavi? Wow, I think that in five years, a lot of things are going to look very different than today. I really think that in five years, the way we interact with content is going to look very, very different. I think that, you know, all of these, you know, these big evolution and all of these changes that we spoke about are going to be much more mature. And these two worlds that currently, I think, coexist on two separate universes. We have the physical world on one end and we have the digital world on the other. I see, you know, I live in New York. When you go these days, uh, you don't go to the subway, you know, as much as we used to. But still, when you go to the subway, when you're down the street, you see a lot of people using their mobile devices, staring in their mobile devices, really detached from what's going on outside. And I think that in five years, this will be much better blended together. We'll have these digital layers of reality really blended with our physical reality, which will allow us to really still consume and have all of this information that the internet and you know all of these devices made accessible to us, but also feel a part of where we are. And again, you know, that leads me to this sense of presence, the sense of presence in our reality, in our physical environment, the sense of presence in the moment, in where we are. What are some of the additional ways that that sense of presence might enable me to interact with content in the future? Today, I can take a selfie with the president of Israel or the J-pop band due to your holograms, but what else might we be able to do if things work exactly the way you'd like to design them? I think that the content will become more and more interactive. It will allow us really to look at content in the eyes and really feel like we're part of it. Imagine that instead of watching a movie on a screen, you can actually walk inside this movie. Not only you can walk inside this movie, you can actually affect it. You can actually change different aspects of the movie. You can actually add your own self-expression. You can actually add elements. You can actually interact with the characters. You can actually become a part of the movie. Wow. 
what are some of your absolute favorite resources for anybody that wants to know more about creating as you do in 3D? You know, I think there's currently a lot of very interesting groups that are forming on different social channels. You see groups on Facebook and on LinkedIn and really, you know, all of these social platforms and that really allow people to have these very meaningful conversations about these new forms of media. The volumetric filmmaking group, for example, I think is a very interesting resource that allows people, that really provide people the platform for having this very important discussion. I also recommend following Tetavi and really seeing all of the recent development and the resources that we make sure to share with our community to provide both updates about where things are heading, but also I think some of them could be a very interesting entry point to really have a better understanding of these technologies. I can't wait to see what you come up with in just the next six months. This will be absolutely amazing. As we wrap up here, you've already said the future is ours to create, which is an exciting statement. But in addition to that, if people could only get one thing from you and your work at TEDV about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you like them to take away from you? I think, I'm sorry to you know repeat myself, but eventually I do think that I think the most important thing is really think about the implications of what we do and understand that all of us has the ability to affect of where we're heading as a society. So on one end, you know, this is very exciting. On the other, I think there's a lot of responsibility on each and every one of us. But I think these are very exciting times as they give us more and more tools to be able to be a part of this discourse, to be a part of everything that's going on. Rowie, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Don. You and I have been listening to Rowie Lev, Director of Business Development at Israel-based spatial and immersive media company, Tedavi. Find out more about Tedavi's 3D presence capabilities and their latest projects at tedavi.com. That's Tedavi, spelling that T-E-T-A-V-I, tedavi.com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks. M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.